This 2023 NFL tight end power rankings edition of the NFL gambling podcast on the sports gambling podcast network is brought to you by bird dog shorts dominate summer with an amazing pair of shorts and a free Yeti style tumbler. When you order over at birddogs.com slash pool, that's birddogs.com slash pool. I'm just about that action boss. House today for the NFL Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He's Ryan McIntyre. Uh, he's Justin Mark. I'm Rod Villagomez. I'm only used to introducing two, so sorry guys, my bad. Uh, didn't mean to didn't mean to get all that. Uh, but yes, a full house today for the show. We are breaking down the tight end position. We're getting to the edge now of all of these power rankings and and that only means one thing that we're getting closer to the actual season starting. So excited for that. Excited to stop putting speculation out there and just get to some hardcore stats. But gentlemen, how are we feeling? Are we ready to rank some tight ends today? I am. And, you know, I'm impressed with myself because I was able to finish my lunch in uh, less than 60 seconds uh, while the countdown was going on so that we could go live and talk some tight ends. So, yeah, we're off to a good start. Uh, interesting, interested to see how our, maybe our lists differ on this one. I, I think we can all agree who probably will be at the top, but, uh, I mean, you could make a lot of different cases for a lot of different guys. I think. Yeah. I was a little worried about Ryan. He said he was going to finish his sandwich in the next 60 seconds. I thought we'd flash back to video and he'd be joking or something. <laughs> and we'd just be sitting here not being able to do anything. Um, but yeah, tight end is, it's an interesting position, you know, especially, for me, coming from fantasy football, there are very few tight ends that become relevant in fantasy football, but there are some more that maybe they're not there fantasy football-wise, but they're still helping their team out. So I kind of had to weigh that when I was making my list. I mean, we say it every time, fantasy versus reality in in, sport, in sports in general, and then, of course, in football, there's kind of a chasm between are you fantasy relevant and are you relevant as a tight end? And what really makes you... And this is the, probably the most difficult position to to power rank because what makes you most valuable as a tight end? Is it your ability to catch passes? Is it your ability to block? Like why? I mean, we always think it's sexy to to be a, a high producer at the position for receiving, but that doesn't always make you a valuable tight end because pass blocking is a part of that position as well. I mean, with Travis Kelsey destroying the the definition of, the position in general, we tend to forget that before it was a, a pass catching position, you had to block. And that was your main job was to block for the running game and block for the passing game. So, I mean, I know we're a little bit more removed from that now, but do some of these blocking tight ends make you a little more valuable on your team uh, versus being able to catch passes? I, I definitely think you can make the case because that's more than half your job is blocking, like you said. And I think that's what made Gronk so special for as long as he did it. Um, and why he honestly was so injury prone as well is because he embraced blocking and he was always throwing his body out there and, and sacrificing his body for, so that they could win. I mean, that's what, that's what the Patriots did forever. 
But uh, I mean, yeah, I, I, you got you got your elite guys, but then you could argue some of these guys that are, that are more receiving tight ends. How do they rank versus guys that kind of impact winning on an every down basis? Um, checking in with the chat here, Nick Fortune. You know who is great tight end? Kyle Pitts. Yes, I was very high on Kyle Pitts last year. No, <laughs> I am not this year. Um, yeah, He's no, a blocky tight end now. <laughs> right, yeah. And that's why he struggles so much, and they kept pulling him off the field because he doesn't block well. Yeah. Um, but, no, I agree that the blocking ability is huge, and I think that's why, you know, we talk some of the, the best tight ends and we throw around names like George Kittle, TJ Hawkinson, and even a couple years ago we were talking Noah Fant was looking good. These are guys from Iowa. The Iowa Hawkeyes teach their guys to block. Even if you're a tight end, you're also an offensive lineman. And I think that does just make them more valuable when they get into the NFL. Uh, Darnell Washington from Georgia, great example. Um, He's with the Steelers now, but it's a big dude who can be a red zone target, but he's also going to be a hell of a blocker. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he does. And and that's what kind of sets apart even the guys like Kelsey and Kittle, especially where they both are good at both. I mean, and and like you said, Gronk as well, they, they all contributed in that, that main role of a tight end, which is to block, but then have kind of transformed the position into what it is now as an elite pass catcher and somebody who can move the ball for the quarterback and, and be that safety blanket. And I mean, how we've even seen Kittle and, and Kelsey, especially, they, they run out, they run go routes too. I mean, they're not just, you know, hitch or they're not just square in routes. These guys are, are running go routes against their, their linebackers and, and winning those battles. So, yeah, I mean, this is definitely a, a crazy, um, a crazy position to handicap and, and to just even know what's valuable to, to the team. I think you hit it right on the head. A, a lot of teams, um, favor and 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 value different things like, like for example uh, nick in the chat kyle pitts like they were obviously frustrated at arthur smith because they want to run the shit out of the ball and 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 kyle pitts was not blocking at a high enough level so that's why you see him drop from over a thousand yards the previous year to all to below 400 i mean it, that's as crazy as a drop and he really wasn't that hurt so um yeah no it, it's it's really interesting it's an it's probably the hardest uh, position to debate just in terms of, like you said, blocking versus receiving where you got the old tight end, which was always a blocker versus the new age tight end, which is basically an extension of the passing game. Yeah. And Nick also having some great sarcasm here, George Kittle, the best tight end around Logan Thomas for the Redskins. Oh, maybe he didn't mean the Kittle comment as, as sarcasm. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing about Kittle. We'll talk about him in a little bit, obviously. But uh, yeah, there's there's a lot to be discussed about all of these. And we're going to get to that exactly after uh, I tell you about some bird dog shorts. Listen, guys, summer is right around the corner. I'm telling you right now, we all need shorts that are A, comfortable, B, form-fitting, and C, don't leave you sweating like on a Louisiana day. Uh, and I mean, listen, I've been in some humid situations before where you – literally feel like you are in the bath and all you're doing is walking outside but with a pair of bird dogs you don't have to worry about that because not only are they going to fit you and contour to those thighs and calves that you've got going on you get long enough bird dogs i don't know what your uh, preference is but if you want sculpted sculpted calves if you want anti-sweat wicking 
uh, moisture taking away from fabric. Fur Dogs has got you covered. They fit better than Lululemon. They do the exact same thing as Lululemon. And they also have taken care of that stiff, restricting cotton thing that you got going on with the shorts you got right now. They're going to fit. They're going to be comfortable. They're going to keep all the sweat away from you. I'm telling you right now, that anti-stink sweat wicking fabric is going to keep you cool and dry all day long. Everybody needs a better pair of shorts. You do. I do. Everybody does. Right now, get yours at birddogs.com slash pool. Enter promo code pool. You're going to get a free Yeti-style tumblers if you needed any more reason to get in on this with your order. That's birddogs.com slash pool for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take off your bird dogs. We absolutely 100% promise you. And I don't want to derail us too much, but with with short names like Coach Cockburns, Forest Pumps, Fart Garfunkels, Privates of the Caribbean, and Splashed and Kutchers, how can you not want some? <laughs> I, I, I don't even have an answer to that because I guarantee you that I want your pair. Uh, I think my favorite one were the Splashed and Kutchers. That, that's actually <laughs> right. I love that. So, it is good. Uh, all right. Well, listen, let's dive into this tight end position. Obviously, we have given you our power rankings all season long, given you our top 10 at the position. I mean, you know, uh, Nick's already tossed out a couple of names that we're probably going to be discussing here. But uh, are we going to start with one to 10? I, we, I always ask you this every time, but I, I always think it's going to be a different answer. How are we starting? 10 to 1, 1 to 10? We, we can start up top this time just because it's probably going to be less dramatic. <laughs> I think you're right. Up top, so, at least. Yeah. Everybody on three, uh, say your top, your top tight end. One, two, three. Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> I had to toss that in there. No, Travis Heath Kelsey. Miller. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Travis Kelsey. All right. Well, Ryan, I guess we'll start with you. Make your, uh, make your Travis Kelsey case, and we'll go around and kind of add on to it from, from what we think you may have left off. Oh, man, let me pull up Kelsey's stats. Uh, I don't even really need the stats, to be honest. I mean, they trade Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes has career years because of Travis Kelsey. Uh, Last year, 12 touchdowns, almost 1,400 yards. I mean, looking at it right now, seven straight. Is that seven or eight? Uh, Seven straight years of 1,000 yards or more. Um, Ever since Mahomes took over for Alex Smith, he's just gone to a different level. He's a good blocker. He's unguardable. I, I think that's the best case uh, for Travis Kelsey. And the only case, nobody can guard him in this league. And I, he, he's not slowing down anytime soon as well. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. 400 yards more than the next tight end. 12.2 yards of reception is huge. 29 plays of 20 plus yards and 12 touchdowns. He, he's a wide receiver. Right. I mean, he's essentially a wide receiver. He's not a tight end, but he plays the tight end position. So it's it's hard not to just like we are unanimously putting him number one. And really, it's not as if the Chiefs receiving core has gotten markedly better over the last offseason. You know, you bring in a guy like Kadarius Tony and and okay, okay. I mean, that's not anything that's going to make me go, oh, my God, that's going to dip into Travis Kelsey's value because it's not. And. I don't care what receiver they put in there because obviously we saw one of the best in the league and Tyreek Hill right alongside of him. And he was still producing at a high level. So it doesn't matter what name you bring in alongside Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is the centerpiece of that passing game. And just the fact that you haven't surrounded him with anybody of the Tyreek Hill level yet 
it, it says exactly that. And so you want to talk about the most valuable player on his team outside of the quarterback. Obviously, you want to talk about a guy that can produce at that high level. Travis Kelsey checks every single box. And, and I don't know what list that he's not number one on, but I'd sure like to see it. Yeah, no, you need to drug test anybody that doesn't have him number one. <laughs> this is probably the easiest ranking, other than probably quarterback, where the guy throwing him the ball, that it's not really a debate on who. I guess you could argue defensive tackle with uh, Aaron Donald, but, I mean, really, I like he's so far ahead of the other guys. And the, and the guys at two and three are good, too, but Travis Kelsey's seven years of consistency – J Mark just made the point that he's 12.2 yards to carry. He did that the year before that too. And uh, the five years prior to that as well in a row. So it's like every year, big playability while he can block and he's a big red zone target for Mahomes. Does not like twilight though. I learned that on uh, his brother's podcast. Yeah. He's not a fan of twilight. So <laughs> all right, drop and it he down. does not like Joe Burrow. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, yeah. That too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, then, uh, since number one is a lock at Travis Kelsey, obviously, we'll talk about some of his uh, betting odds in the next segment after we get done ranking it. Let's go to number two. Ryan, who who do you have as your number two uh, tight end in your power? Yeah, rankings? I was between two guys, um, Kittle and Andrews, and I ended up going with Kittle. Just I think in fairness to Kittle with the kind of revolving door at the quarterback position for San Francisco, the injuries that I, I give him the slight edge over Mark Andrews in Baltimore. I, he also right before that injury in 2019 was almost uh, on pace with Travis Kelsey in 20 in uh, 2018 and 19. But I, I think this guy, when, when the quarterback position's healthy and he's healthy is as good as anybody other than Kelsey in the league. This is where I start, I guess, playing contrarian. I agree that it is an Iowa tight end, but I did not go Kittle. I went TJ Hawkinson. Um, oh, yeah. I think he's really shown the ability, whether it's Jared Goff or Kirk Cousins, no matter who's thrown to him, he can be a top-tier tight end. He can take over. He finished second in yards last year with 914. Um, again, still 400 yards behind Travis Kelsey, but he was the second best there. Didn't get as many touchdowns, but I just I think his ability to stretch the field and also block is the reason that I put him at the number two spot. Interesting. I I I actually went Mark Andrews at number two. A lot of the reasons why Ryan struggled with him and, and Kittle. Look, as a Niners fan, I, I want to rank Kittle like first with a bullet, but I can't because the problem is just like you said, Ryan, the health thing. It's it's either him healthy or the quarterback being healthy. Those two things have not happened at the same time in a while. And so, you know, it, when he, all this, all is right. Yes. Kittle is obviously one of the best in the league. Hands down. He can block. He can catch passes. He loves blocking that. That's one of his favorite. In fact, I think he'd rather block every down rather than, than play pass catcher. But um, obviously that's not what the position calls for. But as for Mark Andrews, look, we talked about this over the course of the off season that, um, Baltimore wants to sort of shift their attention now, stop being a triple option team and start actually passing the ball more. And that's got to start with Andrews too, because Andrews is one of the most reliable, if not the most reliable over the last couple of seasons targets for, uh, for now the newly minted Lamar Jackson. So much so that he did have uh, 1300 yards in 2021 down season last year, 847, obviously. Uh, but you know, he only played 15 games. 
So who knows what he could have, he maybe could have gotten a thousand yards if he would have played all 17. So for me, again, he, he checks that box. He's one of the more valuable pass catchers on that team. He's got the talent to back it up. And if, if we think that Baltimore is going to make a a more renewed uh, dedication to the passing game, I think it's going to have to come from Mark Andrews. So give me Mark Andrews at number two. Yeah, and I'll go right into it. I had Andrews at three. So kind of piggybacking off of the points that, that you made. Uh, he obviously had the monster year two years ago where he went over 1,300 yards, nine touchdowns. Maybe maybe he makes a uh, jump up here to all our number twos in the more pass-happy uh, Baltimore offense that they're talking about. Jerry's still out if that makes him a better football team. I think we all agree on that because we've seen – their style of football, their brand of football in Baltimore be so successful. But a lot of the reasons why they've been so successful is the consistency of Mark Andrews. So he's number three for me. I almost slipped him to number four, but I did put him at number three. Um, The problem with Mark Andrews is once he catches the ball, he doesn't do much. You know, in 2022, he only had three missed uh, missed tackles and just 3.6 yards after a catch. So for me, it was really hard to put him up at number three, but it's hard to argue with the fact that he continues to stay consistent, even though I feel like they do not have a great passing game. Mark Andrews is their receiving game. I mean, there were receivers that have been around them, much like Kelsey. There's not been anybody great, though Kelsey had Hill for a while. There's not been anybody great for Lamar to throw the ball to, but Andrews is still able to get open and get the ball. So I had to put him at three. But like I said, I almost dropped him to four because once he gets it, it, there's not much he does with it. Yeah. And and really, I mean, I put Kittle at three. So obviously we're all sort of right there. Uh, you know, my whole thing with Kittle is the same thing as your guys is it. And, and the same with Mark Andrews. It's like if I wanted to put Kittle over Andrews, I would have to make the case that Kittle's going to stay uh, relevant with all this quarterback nonsense going on right now. And I don't know that I can do that. So um, I agree. Uh, speaking of all of this uh, speculation, Put your speculation to use. As we're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Mania 4 is here. Underdog is giving away $15 million in prizes. Underdog's pick is also a great way to get down on your favorite MLP and college baseball player props. There's so many ways to get and win over there on Underdog, and it's active in so many states. Draft all the tight ends you want over there on Underdog. Head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code S-G-E-N. We have all gotten through our top three so far uh, for our tight end power rankings here. So I think this is where it's going to get even more sticky. Uh, you've got TJ Hawkinson already in your top three. Mark or Ryan has not said his name yet. So uh, who do we got at number four, Ryan? Yeah, I... I went back and forth on four and five as well for me. I went Hawkinson. I'm I'm with Jay Marka. I'm pretty high on Hawkinson. And I also just liked what I saw in the 10 games with Kirk Cousins, like like Jay Mark already said. Uh, over 500 yards. I think he's going to have a monster year again. Uh, Iowa breeds uh, tight ends. That, that's for damn sure. So, uh, so somebody's got to score on that offense. So we know it's not going to be the wide receivers and quarterback play. So it's going to be the tight ends. 
That that's very true. I, I can't fault anybody for dissing the Iowa Hawkeye offense. Um, this is where Rod and Nick, as 49ers fans, start panicking of man, where's George Kittle gonna land on his list? Because he's not at number four. I got Dallas Goddard, dropped yeah. only two passes in 2022, 1.76 yards per route, which ranked fifth among tight ends. And just that 96.1% catch rate, he is very consistent no matter when Jalen Hurts is throwing him the ball, if he's under pressure, if it's in the red zone, whatever. He's very good at catching the ball and very consistent. And I, I feel like he's really underrated. When you're talking about good tight ends, you don't hear his name often. But I had to put him at number four because I think that the results just speak for themselves. Um, yeah, he only had 702 yards, but he also only played 12 games. So a full season, hard to say, especially with how that offense took a step forward last year. Hard to say what he would do. And he does block well on a team that runs the ball a lot. And that's right there, the key too. Uh, that's why you don't hear his name very often is because we are very fantasy centric in this world of football now. And you look at stats mm -hmm. and you look at targets and you look at receiving yards and when they're not there, it's like, oh, all of a sudden he's not a valuable tight end. Well, not, not Goddard. He's on the field. Like he's on the field for his team. And that's really what you want out of a tight end right now. I, that's the thing too. Are we talking tight end power rankings from a gambling standpoint? Cause you know, then then you start talking about what his value is as far as the numbers are concerned. But yeah, I agree with you on that one. However, Dallas Goddard is not my number four. It is TJ Hawkinson. And uh, listen, now with uh, with Dalvin Cook being gone, right? I mean, Alexander Matson, give him his credit, whatever. He's he was a good fill in uh, running back. I don't think he's Dalvin Cook. That means Kirk Cousins is going to have to probably figure out mm -hmm. a way to get Hawkinson more involved because the touches for Madsen, they'll be there, but I think they're going to get frustrated with it. The fact that he's not going to be able to produce at a level that they're used to at that running back position, which means Kirk cousins maybe looks for that, that comfort blanket uh, a few more times and, and throws to TJ Hawkinson a little bit more and gets him more involved in the offense. So I think that gives him a little bit of a boost and, and lands him in my top four. Yep, and and I got uh, Goddard, the guy we've been talking about with uh, at number five. So, Rod, we agree on Hawkinson at number four, and I, I got Goddard at five. I think five's the perfect place for a guy that's just consistent. He's going to get you, what, six, 600, 700 yards a season, five, six, four, five touchdowns, um, be there to extend, extend drives, move the chains. I think a lot of times you just forget about him because they got – A.J. Brown on the outside. They got Devontae Smith. They got the rushing attack. And then it's like, oh, shit, uh, there's Dallas Goddard in between the hashes moving the chain. So, yeah, no, I'm speaking from experience over here because my team plays Philly twice a year. So, yeah, no, Goddard's just Mr. Consistency. And I guess one knock, he has struggled maybe to um, avoid the injury bug the last couple of years. But for the most part, he's just all really good all-around tight end. Absolutely. Number five, this is where I have George Kittle. Now, putting him at five is no knock on Kittle. I really like watching him play. He's got that high energy, um, sort of similar to what Gronk had when Gronk played, that high energy that's just fun to watch. But the reason I got him at five, partially the health, also his impact in the red zone is not big. And I know part of that's the 49ers offense. I get that. But 
His first year, 15 games, two touchdowns. Second year, 16 games, five touchdowns. Then 14 games, five touchdowns. 2020, he only played eight games, two touchdowns. Last year, he only had six, or sorry, 2021, he had six touchdowns. Last year was his first season where he had double digits. He had 11. And um, I just, because I would need to see him do that again, put up a high production touchdown uh, year again, plus his injury history, plus the quarterback question marks around 49ers. I mean, is it Trey Lance? Is it Brock Purdy? Is it Sam Darnold? Um, it's, It's hard to say. So that's why I knocked him down a little bit. He is a great blocker, Iowa tight end, of course. But uh, the injury and then the lack of touchdowns is why I did drop him to five. Oh, Sam Darnold. <laughs> you know, and, and it's okay because I bet Sam Darnold, anytime he hears my name, goes, oh, Rod Villagomez. Like, I don't <laughs> even care. And what are they doing working out Jack Cohn? Probably the worst XFL quarterback last year. <laughs> uh, it's, at least they're not working out Luis Perez. That, that much I can say. I'm all right with that. You um, uh, yeah, uh. <laughs> it's only right. guy here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna close out my top five. I'm kind of high on um Darren Waller right now. I think uh we forget that he was a thousand yard receiver with those uh Oakland Raiders, and I'm telling you now, or the Vegas Raiders or wherever he ended up with uh with them. I think he was with them in both cases, yeah, Oakland and Las Vegas. Um, but yeah, he, he, I mean, a thousand yard receiver with Derek Carr. So I think with Danny dimes, as I hit my microphone, I'm so excited about it. Um, (laughs) with with Danny dimes, this giant team is optimistic and you put Darren Waller in there and he instantly becomes the best patch pass catcher, in my opinion, into that core, right? He instantly becomes the best receiver on the field for, uh, Danny dimes or for Daniel Jones. So for me, I, I think that puts him in a very good position. Now, all he's got to do is is stay healthy and stay relevant, obviously, uh, which is the case for any player on the field. But for Darren Waller, maybe this change of scenery offers him a, a new opportunity to actually get back to a thousand yards. And if he can do that, I mean, we're talking definitely top five material for for Waller. And I think a lot of people are overlooking him this year because of the fact that he's with the Giants now and. Maybe it's it's not a downgrade. I'll tell you that much right now. It's not a downgrade in offensive philosophies. Like this is literally, I think, the same type of situation. So if he can produce a thousand yards in a in a Raiders offense, I think he could do it with a, a Giants offense as well. Especially if he gets a few more targets because of the fact that they're they're fairly thin at that wide receiver position. We're talking Isaiah Hodgins, Darius Slayton, Paris Campbell, right? I mean. Sterling Shepard, the ghost of Sterling Shepard. Uh, Jameson Crowder is out there still, too, tooling around. So, like I said, I think Waller becomes instantly the best pass catcher. We know he can block, too. So, uh, put him at number five for me. That He is one of the, like, when you're going through a list like this, he's one of the more intriguing ones because of his high variance, where we've seen his upside be in that, uh, not Kelsey, but Kittle, Andrews, Hawkinson range, top five, like we're talking. But then also we've seen him drop in the in the last previous years. And but then on, on top of it too, change of scenery, get out of Vegas. We've seen guys leave Vegas and have success. So I got Waller in my top ten, but I don't have him at six. I got a. I'm gonna go to Steel City uh, for number six for me, and uh, we'll go with a former Penn State Nittany Lion, Pat Fryermuth. Um, I I, lo- I love this guy. Just the next really good tight end for the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
Uh, we saw Heath Miller forever. And I really thought when they won seven out of nine down the stretch and Kenny Pickett was playing better and better, a big part of this was because uh, of Fryermuth. Just being being a guy that embraced blocking too, um, because if you're going to be a tight end for the Steelers, you got to be able to run block and pass block. But I thought he really was good down the stretch and a big reason why Kenny Pickett was able to take some steps in his rookie year. Yeah, no, and I have Waller and Fryermuth in my top 10, but not next. This is where I probably get canceled. Number six, I don't know if there's a more versatile tight end than this guy. He's not really even a tight end, but he's listed at tight end Taysom Hill. He throws the ball. He runs the ball. He catches passes. I mean, he blocks. He does everything. I mean, literally, if you want to break it down and look at a tight end that will do everything, it's Taysom Hill. And and I get that he's not really a tight end, but at the same time, he is. They they line him up at tight end for run blocking. They line him up at tight end for red zone looks. He'll go in the backfield. He throws the ball. He really is a do-it-all guy, and it, it's fun to see him on the field. It's fun to, to to watch him, and just because of his versatility, I had to put him high on my list, so that's why I got him at number six. Did Underdog, and I love it, Nick, cancel Justin, yeah. Uh, you you could do that. <laughs> you guys are close enough to it. Uh, did, did, didn't Underdog start listing him as a tight end, too? I think they, they gave him tight end eligibility. Yeah. He's a, he's a tight that's end everywhere. On, yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. So, so, I oh, mean, no, that's it, right. they were fighting for quarterback eligibility. Yeah. Tight end is his position. You're right. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and he does it all. So it, I couldn't not put him kind of up there. That's a, that's a spicy take right there. I, I'd love to see. <laughs> I'd love to see it. Uh, all right. Well, okay. For me, um, I put uh, Dallas Goddard in there uh, at six. So you guys have already made the case for Dallas Goddard. Um, oh, I get a Christmas card from Nick. I love it. Uh, for those of you not watching in YouTube, I, I don't know what you're doing. You guys should be watching YouTube for sure. A lot of fun. If we're, not, if we're not entertaining enough, sorry to interrupt you. Nick is at least. Oh, yeah. so. yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. That's it. Uh, no, but for Dallas Goddard, it's, it's really, again, it's the Eagles still being the Eagles. He needs to block, uh, obviously, with the, with the running quarterback, too. And uh, he does it and he's just, he's on the field. Like I said earlier, he's on the field. Like there's no other tight end really that, that is, is nipping at his heels for the production that he manages to get. I can't put him in the top five because I still feel like there's better tight ends out there, but you know, mm-hmm. Goddard, Goddard's in there. He's in the sixth position for me. Yeah. I, and, and I'll go, I'll go to a, well, I guess he's not in the division anymore, um, a guy that was in the NFC East forever, and he's just another guy that's – I like the guys that are just consistent. You know what you're getting year in and year out. They stay healthy, and he's – you know, they haven't had any playoff uh, uh, success because that's what they do in choke, and that's uh, the former Dallas Cowboy tight end, Dalton Schultz. I, he's just been really good for Dak the last three years, um, oh, 600 or more yards in the last three years. Um, and he had 17 touchdowns the last three years. He's actually going over to Houston now. So interested to see his expanded role in that offense um, with D'Amico Ryans in his first year. But I, I this just another guy's just consistent and gets the job done. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I like that. I will talk about him in a little bit. But at number seven, that's where I put Darren Waller. You guys kind of said it already. This is a guy that if he's healthy, he can be one of the best tight ends in the league. Last year, there was all that, uh, the health questions. Now, this is, maybe he didn't intend for me to say this, but this is from Kramer's mouth, who talked with an insider in at Las Vegas. 
Apparently, Darren Waller was not injured that entire time that he was on the injured list. The organization and Darren Waller were not getting along. Um, in case you don't know, when he was informed that he was no longer on the team, it was on the weekend of his wedding that there was a reason <laughs> that they did it then. There was some yeah. personal bad blood there. Been so, there. yeah, exactly. So I, I definitely think, like like you guys said, the fresh change, um, the new city, and again, Rod, you hit the nail on the head here. He's going to be the top option in that passing game. He is going to be the best pass catcher. And Daniel Jones is actually really good at uh, spreading the ball around to guys that don't have a lot of talent. Now let's see what he does when he has a guy who has a lot of talent like Darren Waller. I think this is going to be a, a huge year for Darren Waller. I would list him higher, but I have to see what he does first. So for that reason, he's at number seven on my list. Yeah, I just think his potential just makes me want to put him at the top five. I I know yeah. that you know I, you want to see it obviously, but I just feel like we're gonna see it, and it's just a matter of not if but when that that connection starts to take off. Hopefully, it's week one for the Giants. If it's by week four, then they'll they'll take it too. I'm sure. But uh, yeah, I think Waller's just gonna hit training camp and and be a happier man. Now he's married, right? Now he's out of <laughs> Vegas. He's in a more uh. Well, forgiving market? No, never mind. He's not. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, so for me, uh, my number seven. I'm I, I'm at Pat Fryermuth. That's where I'm at right now with with seven. Um, those Steelers tight ends have historically just been the the best of the best, right? I mean, it's nothing says blue collar more than the tight end position, and nothing says blue collar more <clears throat> than the uh, than the Pittsburgh Steelers. So you guys already made the case for for Fryermuth and how uh, he can expand his role this season. And I think he will. I mean, again, that this Steelers team after Roethlisberger left, you just wonder to yourself, what is it going to look like now? What is this next level? Uh, what's this next generation of Steelers going to going to be right? And, and they still have to lean on the run like they always have. They still have to lean on their tight end like they always have. But now they've got a younger quarterback. So maybe that, you know, the, the next year of Pickett can can bring another level of production to this offense. But you know, with Firemuth, you know you've got that guy who, just a beast. He's just a beast. You can you can count on him to do what you need to do or what he needs to do for you. And uh, yeah, I, I still like him. And and at seven, I think that's good. I think it's a good spot for for Fryermuth. Yeah. So we all have what Fryermuth in our top seven, um, and then at eight for me, I have guys that you've already said. I this is where I get Waller. So. Yeah, I'm tired of talking about the Eagles, Cowboys, and Giants already on this show. Um, <laughs> you can tell we're getting close to football season. But you guys already laid out all the all the ideas of why Waller could be really good with Dan Jones. Um, because we, we Dan Jones doesn't like to throw the ball downfield. He likes to move the chains in. I think Waller's a pretty good fit there. And like, like you guys said, there was bad blood, bad vibes in Vegas at the end. And at, at the end of my list here, 8, 9, and 10 – it's more kind of guys that are up and down, but have high upside. So he's my number eight. Just to correct you guys, I did not say Firemuth yet. He's coming though. But at eight, oh you did. I have no, no. I just went to Penn State. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, at eight, I I have Dalton Schultz. Uh, we saw his production in Dallas for years. It shocked me that they didn't re-sign him because he is an important part of their offense. Um, so just shocked me. I probably would have him higher if he was still at Dallas. Now it's going to be, how does he do with a young quarterback in Houston and a offense that 
doesn't necessarily jump off the page. Now, I know they made improvements this year, but still they have a long way to go, I think, to prove themselves. And he's going to be the guy that's kind of that veteran presence among the pass catchers and that they're going to be looking to to really help out the young quarterback. So, um, and I think he's going to succeed at it. I think he's going to do well at it. He's going to be a consistent and reliable guy. So I got him at number eight. You know, Houston tight ends have not been bad historically either, right? I mean, they've had some pretty decent tight ends in their time. But, yeah, I mean, that's the only thing with Schultz. It's, the talent is there. Obviously, we know it is. It's just how much is it going to be relevant this year with this offense and the way that it looks. At least he gets to stay in Texas, right? I mean, he doesn't have to move too far away. <laughs> True. <laughs> uh, so it, it's, it's good for him. Maybe that won't be too much of a Jack. Um, all right. So my next one is going to be, uh, Evan Ingram. We love our Jaguars, right? We are <laughs> high on the Jaguar train. So I, I, I think that Evan Ingram stands to benefit again from being in, uh, in Jacksonville for a second year in a row. He had 766 yards, right? Four touchdowns. That's not like, that's not super awesome. But when we start talking about the bottom end of this tight end list, 700 yards is not bad on 73 uh, receptions, 96 or 98 targets rather. So, I mean, that's, that's almost triple digit targets. That just tells you that Trevor's looking for uh, Ingram quite a bit here in this offense. And I think another year of familiarity Jaguars on the uptick, right? That tight end position is going to, going to be very crucial for their success this season. So uh, give me, give me that as my number. uh, What is that? Seven, right? For me. No, we're at eight. 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 Oh, that was my eight. Yeah. No, no, you're at eight. I just no, finished. we just did eight. Oh, okay, we did eight. Yeah, yeah. Now, <laughs> now, we're now, now we're on to uh, nine. And um, this this one, I don't know. You could argue this guy is the most talented tight end from a receiving aspect. We teased him at the beginning of the episode. He had over a thousand yards in his rookie year, and. At, coming out of college, uh, out of Florida, he was the most, arguably the most talented tight end, highest upside ceiling guy we've ever seen come out of the draft at the tight end position. Kyle Pitts. Uh, it, it's kind of hard to rank this guy because he's just as talented as Kelsey, arguably, in the passing game, but he's not the blocker that Arthur Smith and the Falcons want him to be, so he's not on the field, and his targets aren't as uh, as high, and I know Jay Mark's just, just fuming over there because he loves him some Kyle Pitts. Loved, loved. It's a past tense thing. Um, he broke my heart last year, yeah. so we're we're no longer going steady. Um, no, you're right though. I mean, he is a very talented guy. It's just a matter of how he's how he gets used. He left too much of a bad taste in my mouth, fancy football wise, last year. Um, so I, I couldn't do it. And then Rod, I think I was having some connectivity problems here, but to just piggyback off your Evan Engram pick, we should have had a, a guest on, whereas um my wife, Miranda, huge Evan Engram fan. And on the fantasy football pod, we call her the tight end expert because she always seems to kind of slot them exactly how they should be. But she was very excited with what he could do for the Jaguars. And he proved he could do that last year. Uh, number nine, this is where I have Pat Fryermuth. I don't know. You look at him and you don't think, man, this is the most talented tight end out there, right? But just the way he plays, this is a tough guy who – he just embodies that Steelers tight end, right? He yeah. just seems like that tough guy who he'll take all those short little passes and get hit. He'll stand in there and block for you. He just, he's a gritty old school guy and um, he's very good at what he does as well. So I, I had to work him into the top 10 
and I thought putting him at 10 was a disservice to him. So he ended up on nine on my list. Yeah, I mean, listen, that that's the thing about it, too. You, when you start getting down at the end of this list, you're just thinking to yourself, well, who's who's actually going to be who's actually going to be relevant by the end of the season uh, for sure? Uh, all right. For nine for me. Yes, I can count. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I'm going to put David Njoku in there at number nine. Uh, somebody that I don't know that a lot of people are, are looking at to be relevant. Obviously, the Browns just aren't anything you want to write home about, but he was the third leading receiver on that team last season. And it wasn't even close. It went Amari Cooper at 1160 yards. It went Donovan Peoples Jones at 839 and Joku at 628 Chubb 239 was the fourth best receiver on that team. You want to talk about a tight end that's going to get his again this season. I think it's in Joku. And I mean, Deshaun Watson in his second year, quite possibly has a better year. I don't know. I, I feel icky saying it, but he may have a better year this year for the Browns. I don't think he's going to stop that slide of names on that back of that Jersey, but I, I do think that this is a, another year for him to be able to kind of shore up what he's got. And I just named off the receivers that were better than uh, Ninjoku on that. And that was only two, right? And you still got Cooper and Jones you got Elijah Moore, okay, maybe, but after that, Marquise Goodwin, uh, still not kind of making me excited for the future of this this receiving core. But yeah, I think Njoku is going to be another relevant one, and I think he he fits at nine. Yeah, Njoku is an interesting one because of the whole Deshaun Watson. I considered him for my tenth, but I'm going to get canceled too with uh, J. Mark, and I I went Taysom Hill. The I, I, like, I know he's not your traditional tight end, but, you know, you're going to get a 1,000 yards from him, whether it's passing, rushing, receiving, hell, even returning. And he may play a little uh, defense as well. So I think he, just with his um, flexibility, position flex, he's he's just such a unique talent. And I think when you get a guy like Derek Carr now in there, where he's better when there's a better quarterback around. He's not good when he's actually the quarterback, but – when there's another quarterback with him, that's when he has his better years. Yeah, I agree. He's not starting quarterback quality, but when they throw He's him in overpaid. there. <laughs> yeah, he is definitely yeah. overpaid. Um, for number 10, I mean, there, there's several guys you could put here, right? I, I like Nick's comment waiting for me to say Cole Komet. I, I considered it because he took a huge step forward last year and became a really good Renzo target for Justin Fields. But now... Robert Tunyon's there, and so I think he's going to lose some work. Yeah. Um, I think Dawson Knox is really good, but he's also going to lose some work now that they uh, drafted Dalton Kincaid. Evan Engram's really good, but I, I got I had to go with David Njoku as well. I mean, this guy, he had Brissett and um, Josh Dobbs throwing to him for a while last year, and he still finished eighth in yards for tight ends. Now, if Deshaun Watson does come back and is back in his prime, which I, I know I don't think he will be, but a lot of people think he will be, um, if he can come back and be that quarterback that he was or even close to it, it's going to be huge for Njoku, who is a very talented guy. Talent's never been the issue. Um, 1.55 yards per route run over the past two seasons, which is eighth best out of tight ends. 
And uh, yeah, he's just, he's a consistent guy and he only has one fumble in those two years. So he's a guy that when you throw it to him, he's not going to lose the ball. So I, I think he will kind of show up on more radars this year as like, oh man, this guy is really good. We just didn't realize it because he's had shit for quarterbacks. Yeah, I could only imagine the impact they would have on a team that actually was good at the quarterback position too. I mean, that had the stability. You know, Baker Mayfield, everybody talks about him as well. I, just, I don't know. I feel like he got the raw end of the deal when it came to the straw as far as who to pick. <laughs> um, all right, my 10th guy, Cal Pitts. I, I, you kinda not, can't have a conversation without having him in there. I felt like leaving him off. I really did. I thought... Uh, maybe I shouldn't, but I think that's just uh, you take the bait, right? It's it's you take the bait for Kyle Pitts. The upside's there. It it is. I don't know what it's going to take mm-hmm. for that Atlanta team to actually be able to use him properly. But you know, maybe they figured out. Maybe he makes a, a more concerted effort in camp to speak up and say, "All right, man, this isn't my first year anymore. Like we need to we need to shore this up, and and I need to be a part of that. And if he does." If he takes a leadership role, then maybe he's in for a really good season this year. His over-under is probably one of the more intriguing over-unders just all, all in, in the whole NFL. Just because he could go way over or he could just have another dud of a season. So I know you can say that with a lot of guys, but he, he's such a high-variance guy with just how he's utilized. Well, his over-under... Let's just jump right into him. It's obviously they were taking this to a gambling aspect. So we'll talk yeah. about some of these these player totals. His over-under sits at 700 and a half. The over is at minus 120. The under is at plus 100. So even money for the under, the over a little slightly juiced at minus 120. I would take the over on 700 and I would do it because it's not juiced up enough to make me not want to do it, right? This is a decent enough price for me to say I would take it. Of course, I, I'm not taking it because I don't want to take any futures on Kyle Pitts. But if you were somebody that wanted to do that, I would probably lean more on the over on this one. Yeah, uh, I'll go over. Um, not a lot of confidence like <laughs> for all the reasons I already talked about. Uh, he's got 1,400 yards in two years. So, yeah, let's put the over under at 700 right smack in the middle where he had over a thousand his uh, rookie year, then came all the way back down to three fifty six this last year. I'll say he bounces back. He also missed seven games last year. So I think that was another reason why he didn't get it. So even as bad as he was last year or statistically as bad as he was, he still was almost at 400 yards. And with an extra seven games, he would have been right around 700, even with how underutilized he was. If you listen to old-fashioned football last year, you know I was so high on Pitts. In fact, we called it my Pitts passion. I just can't do it anymore. He's under until they prove that they can use him properly in that offense for Mm me. And real quick, just going to the chat, Questionable Bet says, what do you guys think about rookie Sam Laporta for the Lions? Locally hearing good things from OTAs and Kittle thinks he's a beast at tight end. You... um, I think he's not going to be too far behind. I I don't think he's going to be TJ Hawkinson right away. Don't get me wrong, but I think he's going to be able to fill that role pretty nicely. And it's only going to be probably two years before he is putting up big numbers. And maybe we're talking about him in this top 10 list. I think he's going to do really well. 
And right now he's the only he's the top tight end on the depth chart pretty much. So the job will probably yeah. end up being his with with very little competition. So uh yeah, I mean definitely look for his name to come up a lot, I think, over the course of the season just from a, a production standpoint. So I like that. Um all right, let's take a look at Travis Kelsey's over under. His over under it is at eleven fifty and a half. So they think he's gonna get uh, eleven hundred and fifty yards or eleven hundred and fifty one yards. The over on this one is actually the plus money side of this at plus 115. The under is at minus 140, given everything we just talked about as far as, you know, this receiving core has not jumped off the page and gotten a whole lot better. Does Travis Kelsey get 1,151 yards this season? So this is kind of like when we did our quarterback one where Mahomes, there was a number out there for Mahomes. I don't exactly remember what the exact number was. But Mahomes had gone over it four out of the last five years, just like Kelsey has. Something reeks here. I'll go under. I'll go contrarian under here. There's something. There's something not right with Mahomes and Kelsey's over unders. Maybe they a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover, and they come out slow out of the gate. I think Andy Reid's too good of a coach, so I'm taking the over. I, I don't <laughs> think he's going to let them get there. Super Bowl slumber. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to go over on that one. I mean, this one is one that I, I don't think you can get cute. And the fact that the books are even giving this to you at plus money, I mean, you know, 1,338 yards last season. I don't know that there, unless he's not on the field, there's no way he's not catching at least 1,200 yards this season. I mean, it's just, he's that good. And now he's not sharing with Juju Smith-Schuster either. Like, again, it's just a matter of, of Kelsey is the main guy in that offense and, and, I don't care if it was 1200, I would probably still take it at 1200. So, um, definitely taking the over at plus money. Yes, please. And this is one I would not be afraid to bet. If you like betting futures, uh, again, it's, it's hard to say it's hard to want to lock your money up in futures, but I suppose if you have eight, nine months to wait for your money to come back to you, then that's, that's what you're doing. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, all right, let's, uh, scroll through George Kittle, his over under, Set at seven twenty-five and a half. Uh, both sides of this are equal at minus one ten. Seven twenty-six for George Kittle this year. Uh, if he stays healthy, yes. But that's very, very. I'm, this is one I'm not placing a bet on at all. I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Rod, and for the same reasons, his health, but also their quarterback's health, where the big unknown who's going to be the quarterback and how long they'll be the quarterback. How is Trey Lance going to be the guy? I mean, there's rumors that uh, Brock Purdy might be back at, at a decent time, but we don't know. I mean, it, there's so, so much, so many unknown factors. I'll go under if I had to go side, but I, I don't feel good about this one from a talent standpoint, it would be an easy over, but with the moving parts in San Francisco, I'll, I would have to lean under as of uh, June the 27th. I'm taking the under and I'm feeling good about it. Um, it. You know, he does get banged up because he's an aggressive player. So I think he'll miss a game, at least a game or two. The uh, the quarterback issue, I mean, I think if Brock Purdy's there, then you can maybe think that he could hit that over. But you got to remember, they don't have Jimmy G to fall back on anymore. And Jimmy oh. G is one of the reasons George Kittle was so relevant because Jimmy G – for love him or hate him, he's a consistent quarterback that can get Kittle the ball. And I don't think Trey Lance can do that. I don't think Sam Darnold can do that. I don't know if Brock Purdy's going to be healthy. So for me, I, I'm definitely going with the under and feeling good about it. It hurts. 
It hurts. <laughs> just, I, I think the 49er fan in me, you take the other two guys because I'm biased in that situation. So uh, I love it. Uh, all right. Let's talk about Mark Andrews. 875 and a half is his point total. Plus 105 for the over minus 125 for the under. I mean, for me, like I said, I, I'm going to have to go on the over on this one. I think Mark Andrews could very easily get a thousand yards if, uh, if everything that we're hearing is right. And I think even if it's not a thousand, all he needs is 876 to cash this bet and a plus money again. It's like it, the books are baiting you, and I'm taking the bait. Yeah, so th- this is another interesting one because they're changing styles. But I think I, I think I go over here as well, and I, I don't know if it means more wins for the Baltimore Ravens, but they're clearly at least the first two months are going to throw the ball more until it becomes cold and they need to win games. So uh, <laughs> I, I think that they they really want to appease Lamar out of the gates. The only the only thing that I, I hesitated a little bit was. They just they brought in uh, Odell Beckham and then drafted Zay Flowers, so a couple more options for Lamar Jackson. But I he he still loves him some uh, Mark Andrews, so I'll go over. Yeah, I I'm going over as well. Um, I know people might point to uh, Lamar Jackson's health, but Mark Andrews actually st- kind of stepped up the game a little bit when Jackson was out. I don't think that affects him because he is such a good player. Um, had he not missed those two games, he likely would have hit this over last year. And then um, Odell Beckham, I, in all his glory that he was for a couple seasons, it doesn't scare me. I mean, he's he's an older receiver now. He's on the back end of his career, coming back from the knee injury. He's not going to be the same guy. And then Zay Flowers, to me anyways, wasn't overly impressive in college. So this is still this whole offense is going to in the passing game anyways, is going to run through Mark Andrews. And I think Todd Monken from Georgia, their offensive coordinator, I think he runs a really good offense. I mean, we've seen Georgia dominate and I think they're going to be, he's going to be able to get Mark Andrews involved even more. So I like the over here. Yeah. And, and I know, and I know questionable bets too, a lot. He carries that same philosophy that a lot of people do too, is that Odell Beckham's going to jump back on the field and become that guy that made that one-handed catch, his over/under right now is set at five seventy-five and a half. By the way, Odell Beckham. If that tells you something, it's it's not a gigantic number to get over. So if you're on that, that's that's what you want. But I mean, Odell, even with the Rams, like he had those games where it was like, oh man, Odell's back, and then you realize, no, he's not. He's just he's a talented <laughs> player that no. can make plays. And listen, I'm way past my prime too, so I'm not even here to judge anybody. But I'm just saying, like if you if you want to think of Odell as the guy that we remember him as like nostalgia gives us some weird colored glasses where we tend to see what we want to see. Um, But when you really take a step back and look at that, you know, just, just not necessarily something I'm excited about uh, for Odell Beckham. And I don't think he's going to make as gigantic of an impact as people think he'll be fun to play with. I mean, that that's fine. They'll, they'll, they'll have some plays to him and he'll make some fantastic plays and you'll go Odell's back. And then he won't be. And that's, that's <laughs> be all season long. Rod, as yeah. a podcaster, you are in your prime, just so you know. <laughs> I, I, I pull, I get limped uh, calves all the time when I'm talking. I, it's weird. I don't even use my calves. I don't uh, even think you've reached your prime yet. You're, you're, you're entering you it right now. <laughs> Many years to come. Uh, this just became Rod's favorite show. That's why I keep you guys <laughs> I'm, I'm going to play this back when I start to feel down. Uh, all right, a couple more. As long Let's as J-Mark out, and I uh, don't have to host. Dallas- <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> I, I hear that a lot. It's weird. Um, Dallas Goddard, 675 and a half. The over juiced at minus 120. The under is actually the plus money side of this at plus 100. We talked about it. Talked about Philly. Talked about him being important to Philly. Can he get to 676? That's the question. I hope not, but I think he will. <laughs> he he's he, we we laid out the case. He's Mr. Consistency uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles. He's the security blanket for Jalen Hurts. As long as he stays healthy, he gets this easy. I think uh, last year in twelve games, he went over this. You said, yeah, that's you said six seventy six, right? That's what I don't get. This line is funky to me because he missed five games and hit seven oh two last year. So the over feels too easy, I think. But I got to, I got to jump on it either way. I mean, and at only minus one twenty. That's that's again, that's not necessarily a gigantic uh, uh, juice to to pay for that. So yeah, I, I like the over on that one as well. Again, he's on the field and he does what he needs to do. They they reward that in Philly and and he's one of the recipients of that. Uh, all right, Evan Ingram at six hundred and forty and a half. Both of these sides, the over and under at minus one ten. Books don't know. Do you? Oh man, Evan Ingram. I like the over here too. Uh, it's a common theme in this uh, Jacksonville love fest. He came on strong the last 10 games where they won nine out of 10, including a playoff game. I think, I think Jacksonville comes out of the gates hot uh, with Trevor Lawrence continues that momentum. And I think Evan Ingram's a big part of it. My only concern is we're talking about guys coming back. This guy does not scare me or this, I should say this guy will provide more of a receiving threat than Odell Beckham. And that's Calvin Ridley. How is he going to fit into that offense? And will he take some of that? But I still think the defense is going to be focusing on Calvin Ridley, right? And those receivers. So I like Kevin Ingram to hit the over again. 766 last year for Ingram. So I'm on the over as well. Just from a standpoint of I think he can get uh, somewhere near that again this year. A uh, couple more and then we'll we'll sail off into the sunset. Kyle Pitts. Oh, we hmm. talked about him. Right? We did him. Uh, never yeah. mind. I just saw his name again, so I was like getting all excited about. Maybe we talk about Cowboys. Uh, did we talk about Darren Waller? We, we did, did not. not Seven hundred and a half for him. Same number as Kyle Pitts. How much respect does Darren Waller get in this instance? So back to back years under this, but the two years prior to that, he was over eleven hundred yards. Another one where if he stays healthy for seventeen games, even even fifteen games, we'll say. He gets over this. I'll go over with Darren Waller. I think, I think they're going to make a strong effort right out of the gate to get D- Darren Waller the ball and make him a big part of this offense and and make him known that he's wanted. Yeah, I like the over as well. Um, like I said, I think last year was kind of a fluke, and uh, like you said, Rod, he's the best pass catcher on this team, and I think he's going to get the ball a lot. Well, and you look back at uh, you know Evan Ingram having a couple of of okay seasons with the uh with the giants his best one was 654 and that's evan ingram you know that's that's the tight end situation they had there obviously we think darren waller is is a much better uh tight end than evan ingram so yeah i mean i i like the over on this one too i feel like this is a whole lot of a trap because at 700 yards he could get that through the first seven weeks if they actually play their cards right honestly he's that capable of doing it so uh, we'll see how that pans out. Last but not least, David Njoku, 550 and a half yards. The over at minus 105, the under at minus 115. Do we think 
Deshaun Watson can make Njoku a 551-yard pass catcher. Yes, I, I do. Jay Mark already kind of laid it out earlier. He went over 600 yards last year with all the quarterbacks' ups and downs of Jacoby Brissett, who actually was way better than Deshaun Watson uh, last year in Cleveland. I think Deshaun Watson's actually going to be pretty good this year. I think I'm in the minority. So if that's going to be the case, I think the Joku is a big part of it, and he goes over. Yeah, I like the over as well. Um, Brissett and Dobbs got him there. Well, and Watson for – six games they got him there so I, I think just watson if it is just watson obviously i i think that he definitely hits that over yeah 628 last year on uh, 58 catches 80 targets in 14 games yeah i think this is such a low number and and questionable bets has got it right i mean a lot of low numbers i it's because the books don't know how to handle tight ends either like it just feels like the world is always perplexed when it comes to tight ends and yet every year they outperform what we think they're going to in, in going into the year. So when they set these numbers, they don't want to get burned because they don't want to set it too low. Right. But then for us, it's like, look, it is low. And that's a very low number. You think 700 is a high number for a tight end. And it's, it's really not when you're talking about some of these guys that are as talented as a Waller, as an Ingram, as you know, any of these guys that we've talked about and Joku only having to get, what did he say? 42 yards in a game. That's yeah. easy for a yeah. guy like those guys to hit. You know, those those numbers, when you break it down like that, it, they're not as scary. Completely agree. agree. Yep. So, uh, all right, gentlemen, we have done a tight end episode. That is that is in the books now. Everybody can go and, and replay this at their leisure and, and get the numbers that you need. Hopefully, you grab the right ones, and hopefully, you get them at plus money like we want on a few of those. But, uh, yeah, I mean – I'm ready, man. I, I'm so I'm so ready for this season to start. Yeah, because after Fourth of July, that means it's football's right around the corner. Training camp, you, you know. I'm I'm watching. I got TV on today, the the four letter network, and you know it's the dog days of summer because the topic at this time of year is always are the Dallas Cowboys. Is this the year? Is this the year Dak Prescott gets over the hump? I'm like, oh, well, the last 10 years didn't matter. So maybe this is the year. So, yeah, we're in the dog days of summer. Uh, I know you love seeing that all the time. Oh, it's um, every year. I'm like, no. <laughs> no. Quick shout out to the, the guys that finished third for most touchdowns among tight ends with seven, Juwan Johnson and Cole Komet. Two guys that we there didn't really go. talk about, but kind of surprising names that you don't expect to be there for touchdowns. So, um, yeah, I, I'm excited for football season, excited to, to take. I already took some of these over and unders as we were talking about them. So now it's just we just sit here and wait and hope that it pans out. <laughs> Indeed, the waiting. Uh, although, man, I'm telling you right now, spring football fans just hated what you said. Football's been here. It's been here the whole time. It has it been. Never here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's go around the horn once and let everybody know where they can find us on social media so they can continue to follow us all throughout the offseason and uh, all the, the many things we've got going on in this network. Uh, yeah, uh, at Moneyline underscore Mac. Uh, college basketball experience, the portal never stops. And we have a new show after 4th of July, the Big 12 College Experience, where we'll uh, cover Big 12 football, basketball year-round, and – we will be back uh, later this week to do defensive power rankings. So uh, make sure you get your notifications and subscribe to the NFL Gambling Podcast. 
Big Ten's better than Big 12. Um, uh, Fake news. <laughs> follow me on Twitter at jmarkfootball. Check out Old Fashioned Football in July. We got three interviews coming up. They should be fun, so make sure you check that out. Follow me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. Link in the bio to everything I got going on. NASCAR Gambling Podcast. We're going street racing in Chicago this week. It's a must-listen None of us know what's going to happen, so if you're new to NASCAR, it's a perfect episode to join because we're all just learning this uh, this track, and we're all just figuring it out. So you'll be just as much uh, in the in the learning with us as we go. And then, of course, the F1 Gambling Podcast, we are back again. Austria is the place and the track, so check that out as well. Yeah, like uh, Ryan said, defenses are next on the list. Keep it locked. Keep it uh, that bell ringing to let you know when it's coming up. We will see you then. And until next time, everybody, let's get some football going. And of course, as always, let it ride.